Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Eva of ProductivityByDesign.com and the Uncluttered Office Podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. We are going to talk about cyber risk. And since this is an area I know next to nothing about, being the person who aptly professes to think that little tiny hamsters run on little wheels inside of the computer and that's how everything works, I've brought on a special guest who is infinitely more knowledgeable about cyber risk and your security of your information out there in the ether sphere than I am. So Anne-Marie Vandenhoek, very dear friend of mine, her mission is to make it harder for cyber criminals to attack your business. In founding Mind the Gap Cyber, Anne-Marie combines all of her professional and educational experiences into fighting cyber crime by working with companies to understand their cyber risk. She then implements a cybersecurity program. Wouldn't we all love that if only I knew what exactly that was? So without further ado, I'm going to bring Amory on. Ta-ta-ta-ta! Thank you for having me. And um, yes, you have to keep those little hamsters well fed so you can keep secure. So uh, little snacks work great for for hamsters. (laughs) So Anne-Marie... The softball question for you, for those of us in need of tech for dummies versions of things, what exactly is cyber risk? How do you define it? Well, what cyber risk is, it is basically anything that's digital that people can gain access to, break into. It's um, sort of like your house, your physical house, and you have to either have a security system or you keep your windows locked, your, your doors locked to keep everything that's valuable safe. So what your cyber risk is, your digital sphere. It's all things digital and what your risk is. Like what, what, what are the threats to you and your, your digital privacy and information? So it would go beyond just my computer to my laptop, my phone. Your tablet. Tablet. Your security system, if you have a, a, a wireless doorbell, um, it encompasses your router, your printer, uh, it encompasses ever, all things digital. And that's some of the things that people forget about. They just think, oh, it's my computer, but it's a lot of other things. It's, it's your refrigerator, internet of things. It's your connected refrigerator or, or stove. So. Yeah, I'm not quite to the talking refrigerator yet. We do have Alexa, who will probably now talk. She'll hear me. <laughs> yes. 
that. But it, it's interesting you talk about the digital security around the house. So what we've done is we have Ring, and there's been this huge dynamic, for a kind word, uh, discussion on one of my Facebook groups about what it means for us that we now have Big Brother watching at the door and how he cannot believe that anybody needs us and he doesn't even so much as lock his house or lock his car doors. To which I say, <laughs> around here where I live in Connecticut, believe it or not, and I live in a quite lovely neighborhood, people's cars are getting stolen. Now they are taking the path of least resistance, which is those where someone's left the car unlocked and left the keys in it. But nonetheless, we don't want our car stolen. So we have ring at multiple points around our household so we can watch the outdoors. We do not have it inside. And that's a whole other story because I don't think I want anyone seeing what I'm doing inside. No. Not that I'm doing anything horrible or illicit, but just, you know, privacy, thank you very much. Right. So I do, I am known to go up to the ring doorbell because it's really more my husband who watches and I go, hi, honey, got groceries. <laughs> I wave like crazy and he's all, oh, there she is again. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about the technology is that it does give us a lot of convenience, but sometimes we have to trade things off. Um, and, you know, the ring does have a, a situation that I hope that they'll resolve quickly for folks. I don't have one. I have a, I have a different system. But, um, you know, it's, it's things that you have to worry about in terms of your privacy. And um, we, do, we do give a lot up for having this convenience. Unquestionably. So, Anne-Marie, we spoke a bit about cyber risk. And I'm curious about cyber crime. I'm kind of thinking the difference is really just two sides of one coin. Um, it, it, it is. Uh, they all lead into each other. You know, for example, cyber risk identifies your soft spot, where you could be open to some form of attack. Uh, cyber criminals are essentially the baddies. They're the folks that want to break in and get your information. They could be, say, you know, what we know as script kiddies, kids, um, coder hackers that just want to get in and have a little fun and say, oh, I did it, all the way up to a state-sponsored attack, say, from China, what they did against Equifax and organized crime in the middle. So it's, 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 it's there are various levels of cyber criminals. And then you have cybersecurity, which is, the actual part of securing your environment, protecting the environment, and so forth. But they all are, are, they're all related. They're all related. Right. What would you say the productivity cost is to not being cyber safe? Well, I mean, I can give you some figures in terms of how much it costs you financially. Which that'd, that'd be great. Be and even maybe a scenario you've yeah. run into without company well, names. You know, well, of course, um, you know, for example, on average, a security breach for, say, uh, a small business, and we're talking 29 and under employees, it could cost you, on average, about $17,000. Wow. Yes. Now, that's just, that's not talking about the lost productivity of in terms of if your staff can't work, if 
you have to go deal with it, um, et cetera. That's just doing re recovery and forensics and insurance, just all the steps. So it, I mean, a cyber attack is very serious against the business. It's not just something like, oh, la, 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 that's, it, it really can damage your business uh, both financially as well as reputation-wise. Um, and, it, and it really does affect the productivity. I mean, both of us know that all of us have access to techno technology. Like right now, we are doing this. If something was breached, there's a possibility we couldn't do this, which would affect both of our abilities to do business. So it's, it, it, it does affect productivity greatly. I you think can't I do think business. Yeah, I think I could use the example of move, having to move my website and what that entailed, moving it away from the old person, moving it to the new person, getting everything. In, in many ways, that is security right there, is how do you move your website with passing back and forth the passwords and mm -hmm. all that content and uh, one of the things we did of course the very first thing we did is in multiple stages in the process was to make a backup of the website so that if god forbid in the transfer process something went wrong we at least had that whole sort of mirror image of what the website was so that's a very small scale example of the time oh, i can tell you it was I'll, hours of i'll give you I'll give you an example of, of me. Um, one of the reasons why I, I went down this path of um, cybersecurity was uh, 2013, uh, I wrote a book, published a book um, on social media crisis communication. Um, lived in a very uh, rural, isolated area. So this here was my way of getting out to the world to do business. And my website was paramount to that. I mean, just launched a book, doing a lot of, of work on that, and my website was hacked. Mm. And there's nothing worse than when you go and Google has that, you know, that, that page that says, you know, this website is, you know, basically toxic. I mean, I, I forget what the exact wording is, but whatever it was, it was like, don't go any further. And, you know, it, it was horrifying. And I thought I was really, um, you know, I had headed an IT department. I was an early adopter of technology. I, you know, written articles on all of this. I thought I was pretty tech savvy. Well, guess what? I got a major eye-opening experience. I wasn't as smart as I thought I was about it. And through the process, I learned, and, it, and by the way, it took weeks to get everything done because you have to get your site scrubbed and then you have to resubmit it. I mean, it's just, it was just, it was time consuming and, and nerve wracking and frustrating. And the thing that I found during the whole process was it was all very Oz-like, mm. you know, the wizard, you know, is, and there's curtains and things are happening. And I wasn't happy with the answers that I got when I asked questions because I wanted to learn more so it wouldn't happen again. And um, so that's what set me down this path to, to cyber risk and cybersecurity was that one experience got me thinking there has to be a better way to 
communicate with people and let them know uh, the risk they have not only to their business, but also themselves personally. So yeah, when, when something like that happens, it has a great effect on your business. I mean, you do, you feel a little violated. It's like somebody stole your wallet or took something out of your car. You feel kind of like icky that this. So I had a thought and it went right out of my head. Poof. Oh, <laughs> somebody, no, stole, somebody stole my thought. <laughs> somebody stole my wallet. Somebody stole my thought. I totally got that. Oh my God. So yes, I re- actually what I was going to say is I remember this because I went through that and I ended up just building an entirely new website because I didn't have a backup. I didn't have the things you had in place, the that knowledge and rebuilding a website and starting over is, is just a massive drain on productivity. Uh, another thought I have on that and ways that you can drain, inadvertently drain to make yourself unsafe on cyber is to keep lots and lots of apps on your phone that you no longer use anymore. They could have old passwords you're not aware of. They could have access to your credit card, which is the other point I was going to make was if you have a website where people are, where you're taking payments, now you're at a whole nother level of security because you risk the possibility of a person who's putting their credit card through you of someone in the world accessing their credit card information, which is why I don't save anybody's credit card information. I don't even want to know. Right. E-commerce, e-commerce is a whole different bucket. It's almost um, an entire separate podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. And um, what I always suggest is, you know, for websites particularly, you should have really difficult passwords. Your username shouldn't be admin. Yeah really shouldn't be your name either and you should get an ssl certificate google really likes that it means that you're actually making an effort and they're really not that expensive i mean they're if if you are doing this professionally and your website is for your business it is worth the investment of getting these things and when you're working with a web designer it's really important to if they don't come back with these sorts of recommendations, uh, one should move on immediately. Um, security is paramount. Uh, WordPress sites are very well known uh, for having some vulnerabilities, uh, but you can counter those. So with that, but you know, also there are third-party plugins that you can use. So as soon as they click a link, it takes them off your site, and there's a third-party app or like a paypal or a stripe or somebody like that or woocommerce for those that are really wanting to get techie here that uh take a lot of that risk from you because it just it goes to a very um a secure encrypted um environment but no i mean i think if you are you just don't build an e-commerce site if you're selling products and services it's really you should really get a professional who who works with building e-commerce sites. That would be my recommendation, just not only to help your productivity, but also to help your sanity. (laughs) We're all about the sanity, right? Yeah, we're all about sanity. We're keeping everybody okay. Right. So most small businesses, they just assume they aren't at risk from cyber attack. And you said, of course, that they are. So... But the, th- the theory around it is, is, oh, you know, people only go after big names. They only go after, what was it, Equifax, you said? Equifax, yeah. Which is a huge name. 
So I was looking at a study by Symantec, which says that 40% of attacks on organizations are actually against ones that are fewer than 500 employees. So you were just giving examples of an under say 29 employee company. What are three really easy things small businesses could be doing today to ensure that their cyber is more safe from an attack? And I use well, safe I mean, in quotation safe, marks. Cyber safe. Cyber um, safe. I mean, yeah, I, you know, the thing is the goal of cybersecurity and, and cyber risk is to make it harder for the bad guys to get in. If you make it easy for them, they're going to be like, hey, yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of smaller businesses under 500, unlike, you know, well, we can't use Equifax because I think they had more than 500 employees, but like an IBM or a DuPont or something like that, who, who really have the resources to invest in a, a department. Uh, you have to really un understand when you're risk, that you are at risk. It isn't if you will get attacked, it will be when you will get attacked. Mm. And basically the data that you have is really on this market right now is worth more than gold. So they want that information that they can go sell off to the dark web or, or they're mining it for other nefarious uh, reasons, which is blackmail, financial fraud, uh, we can go through. But the three things that you can do is passwords. 91% of all attacks occur because of poor passwords. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to shame people right now, but if your password is password or one, two, three, four, or your dog's name, or a child's name, you may want to change it because the hackers know this. And then we add in the whole layer of social engineering in terms of not only, you know, can we do a couple ways. They watch social profiles and then they glean lots of pieces. So if your dog is sleepy, then most likely you have a password that is that. Mm. And then most likely that password it's also the password for not only your Facebook account, but your online banking. So for businesses, one is make sure everyone has unique passwords that are complex. Two, don't share those passwords. Mm. Um, you know, one should not have a password anywhere here on this keyboard. Okay. And we all know if we go into anyone's, uh, most people's offices, if we lift the keyboard up or look here on the monitor, there's going to be a sticky note with a password. So don't share the password. Um, the third is train your staff. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a complex training, but most attacks happen when people link, uh, click on a link. Yeah. and sets off a malware attack. Those are the simplest and easiest ways the bad guys can get in. Right. And that could be by making the email look like it came from, you know, Catherine Avery, but one little thing is wrong and it's not really you, but people are always busy. Mm -hmm. 
So you're not necessarily paying attention. You're like, oh, that's from Catherine. Oh, okay. And then you click on the link. Well, it wasn't from Catherine. It wasn't from you. It was from, you know, bad guy who spoofed you and made it look like. So spam, you know, just spam is getting really very convincing looking. So be really aware. I mean, if they're asking for your banking credentials or something like that, like if it's an American Express email and they're like, you've got to fix this, click this link. First thing you should do is just click on the from. Mm. And guarantee from the from, it's not going to say American Express. It's going to say something completely opposite. So just before you click on things and um, get uptight, like, oh my God, just stop, breathe, and then just take your time and, and say, oh, okay, this is valid, then I'll go on. But if, you're, if it's a business situation, for example, you're in a real estate company or a property development, and someone's changing wire instructions at the last minute, pick up the phone and call that person and say, just got an email from you. And did you send it? Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh, yeah, I did send it. And you just say, can I repeat this information to you? Just verify it. Right. There's nothing wrong with picking up the phone and verifying with the sender. If they're sending you some information, uh, somebody sends you a DocuSign and you don't know who this person is and it doesn't make sense. Don't right. click on that link. link. Just investigate. Right. So I think it's, it's staff training. So it's just, it has to start with the password, starts with the training. And I can do all that for people. I can help. I was just going to ask you that. I assume yeah, I can the training, which would be amazing because I'm sure there are small companies that don't have all this knowledge. I won't say don't have a clue, which is what I was coming to mind. That's really not fair. But some of us yeah. don't have a clue. But no, you would. You know, that's not an invalid statement. I mean, I, I meet lots of business owners on a daily basis, and they really will meet. We don't have a clue, but we know we have to have a clue because it's just super important once people start understanding what, what the, the effects are on their business. You can't do business. You can't pay your employees. Right. You can't pay your vendors. You, you know, you know, do you have $17,000 to repair a damage if there was a, um, you know, and that's what you have to think of as a business is, okay, how high is my risk tolerance? Hmm. And I want to say most small businesses, eight, 17 to 18,000 grand average, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of cash flow that you'd have to write a, you know, especially if you're under 30 people, right? Well, that's a, ca- a big, chunk of change coming out of your 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 checking account so you really want to make you want to minimize the risk by understanding it at first in the beginning and then putting in steps to make it more difficult for the cyber criminals the the baddies to get in and um, disrupt your way of doing business right what's your take on cyber insurance policies uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I think they're very helpful, uh, but you really have, well, first of all, most business insurance does not cover cyber attacks. Mm-hmm. So I would say um, if you do have business insurance, which I think everyone should, if they're doing some form of trade, it just protects you 
and your personal assets is to check with your insurance agent. Right. Um, ask them, do I have a cyber included? And if so, what are the parameters? Uh, but if you do get a separate cyber insurance policy, you will have to go through some sort of assessment because you want to make sure that you have your ducks in a row, that if there is a breach, you're going to get your payout. Right. And I think people just buy the cyber insurance and they're like, oh, okay. Mm. Not realizing that, you know, like with everything you have to prove, you've, you've, you've protected yourself. So that's with a lot of the cyber insurance policies. So um, many insurance insurers will provide you with like the checklist. Use this, 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 which is very helpful. But you can also have an outside consultant come in and do a cyber risk assessment. So you have written documentation to say, uh, yes, we're compliant with this. And yes, we have a response plan in place. So if we do have a breach, we know what to do. And, you know, these are the vendors that are going to handle it. It's just part about doing smart business today right um is just making sure that you're you're covered got you that's really good to know because you know so often we think something's covered and and maybe it's not so like homeowners if you live on the water flood insurance is not covered and then i found out that our garage is not covered and yet the only thing that's down at the sea level, at ground level, so to speak, not sea level, but at ground level, sorry about that, is that could be affected is the garage. Well, if it's not covered anyway, you know, how does that exactly work? What am I really covering? So this is the same for cyber, thinking about what exactly it is you need and how, uh, you know, it's really, it's the old call, call an expert, call an insurance agent, you know, and ask them, need based on what you've got in place. And I would bet most insurance agents would also be able to tell you, these are the things you want to think about and mm-hmm. call Anne-Marie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you have a good reputable agent, I um, mean the bigger ones, but you know, we all like to shop local and a lot of your larger uh, local insurance agents, agents will, be able to walk you through this and, and help you. So if you can go local, that's great. Gotcha. Shop small. I'm a big fan of shop small. So what's the first thing a small business owner should do if they've been cyber attacked? Well, I mean, the scary thing uh, on average, it takes about 249 days before a company realizes they've been hacked. Holy macaroni. Exactly. So that's why there's often a lot of like a delayed time between when um, breaches are announced is because literally it took them, you know, so at that point, the key is to get, you know, a cybersecurity firm in your IT uh, provider, either depending on their skill level should, could be able to help you or they are able to bring in a a, a specific professional who that's what they do with cybersecurity. Because what needs to be done is they need to do forensics. They need to figure out, you know, how, what, why, and when, and Mm -hmm. how much. And then from there, 
depending uh, what they'll do is they'll do a recovery, they'll fix it and, and so forth. But then you have to decide, we've got to report to law enforcement, how long do we have to, um, before we, we have to report this to um, the, our customers and vendors, you know, what information was, and that's gonna be based on what information was, was taken. Right. Um, and if you are in you know, legal, legal or financial or healthcare, you've got a whole other list of issues in terms of compliance and reporting that you have to be very much aware of. And I know with HIPAA and healthcare, even if you're this small little dentist office, you're responsible for the data being stolen and you can be fined. Right. So it's it's really a good idea to to understand everything before you get breached. Right. Because your healthcare data is just a treasure trove of information um, that people can build a total profile. I mean, think about when you go to doctors, how much do you have to give them? Like Well, they always ask for a social security number and I never give it. Social security number. Don't put that all out. Ac- all your access to your financials. I mean, it's just it's a mother load. And on the dark web, um, you know, for example, how much do you think a social security number goes for on the dark web? That is a question I've never thought about. A couple bucks. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's a dime a dozen, baby. Dime a dozen. Wow. But your records, your your healthcare records could go for over $400, close to $500. So imagine a breach happens, say, to a hospital. How many patient data is in there? That's huge on the dark web. Um, So it's very lucrative. I mean, there are, you know, as well as small uh, firms that work with Department of Defense contracts, government contracts, or people want to get an in to the, I mean, it's just, just be safe. Just, just be cyber aware, understand your cyber risk, and then work to be cyber safe. I'm always amazed by the people who go onto social media. And yes, I know it's your friends, but still, hey, everybody, I'm headed to the Caribbean on Monday. It's going to be so great. And I'm like, hey, everybody, let's go steal their, them blind. Let's break into their house because nobody's going to be home. And I'm like, oh, I never say when I'm going away ahead of time. And I don't even post photos until after I'm back. Well, the thing is, I do. And I, I guess my attitude is it could happen anyway. I mean, I could, so, you know, I could be out for the whole day and the same thing could happen. You know, I, I sometimes work 15 minutes away from my home. Yeah, a lot could happen. Um, but, but then again, you should take steps to ensure that, you know, your house is secure. Right. Before you go on vacation. Um, I I often think about when, uh, if I'm going on vacation, what I should be doing with my various things around the house, for example. And this is just a joke and a half. You'll laugh at this. And yes, I do know I'm going to have to take care of this this weekend. I've got it on my calendar. Uh, I can't remember who I was speaking with who told me that 
I should obviously not be keeping my external hard drives, which are, of course, the second backup, meaning I have a first backup of things in the cloud, but then I have a second backup of things onto an external hard drive. And, you know, more in case of fire than theft. Yeah. And what, so what I'm planning to do this weekend is buy a fire-resistant box for those items and then keep them somewhere not in my office if we're not going to be around because it defeats the purpose if they're here in the house. Yeah, it just makes, makes sense to, and backups are just really important. Um, you know, back up to the cloud, uh, back up to a hard drive, and then make sure the hard drive is somewhere not in your office, um, somewhere safe. Uh, it, it just will make your life easier. Um, a lot of times, particularly with ransomware, um, they haven't done proper backups of systems. So you don't want them deleting your um, your information. But if you have everything backed up, you can be like, no, I'm not going to pay that. Right. See, I don't want to be you. I mean, it all comes up. You know, it all comes down to that kind of. But then again, you always have to figure out what's my risk tolerance. Yeah, true. I'm not. Can I? (laughs) So that's about where mine is. (laughs) So that is super. I appreciate all of this information, which is some of it was clearly eye-opening for me. We've spoken in the past, so I do know a lot about. cyber risk from you, uh, not necessarily how it all fits together and what to do when. So if people want to get in touch with you, since you're an expert and I'm not, how can they find you, Anne-Marie? Well, they can always find me online at um, mindthegapcyber.com, or they can just give me a ring at um, area code 302-563-0992. Um, that's my mobile, so you can either call or text me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would love to talk to people about how to you know, make it a little harder for those baddies to get their stuff, their hard-earned stuff. That sounds amazing. I appreciate this so much. Thank you for joining me here on the Uncluttered Office podcast. And I'm I'm hoping I'll have you back again. Maybe one day we'll just talk e-commerce. We could. We could talk about anything. We talk about privacy, how to keep your information private. Oh, goodness. Yeah, there's lots of topics that could have, you know, declutter yourself digitally. Oh, that's one of my biggies. You and I did that together. Remember the digital detox? So that'll, that'll happen. That's coming down the road. Anyway, we'll bring you back for that. Thank you again so much. So appreciate you. Be well. Thank you. You too. Thank you. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.